John 13, 31 to 38. Again, for our opening text, you need to open up your own Bible. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while, and I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Pray with me. Gracious Father, we do thank you for this day and opportunity to gather here with brothers and sisters in Oklahoma. And Father, I ask that you would uh, just touch my tongue and my lips and bring the words that we need to hear today to each heart and help us, Father, to make decisions that will bring glory to you and change to our own lives. Father, we look to your word today because your word is the only truth we can trust. We thank you now, Father, for answering this prayer, even as we pray it, because we pray it in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. I am the youngest of three children. That sounds kind of odd since I'm 65 and thinking, you know, youngest. But you know, when I was a young preacher, I used to make calls on older people in the church, elderly people who are younger than me now. And then some older than that, they would say to me, you know, I may be this old in years, but I don't feel it. I feel like I'm 16 or 19 in my mind. I feel that way. I didn't understand that, but I do now. Because even at this age, I still can remember so many things and how it felt at a certain age. And as being the youngest of three, there are three words I heard many times in my life, and I've never learned to like them. You can't come. You can't come. I don't like them. Oh, what a disappointment those words bring. My big brother or big sister going somewhere, but I'm too young to go. I'm too little to go. Of course, now I'm taller than any of them, but how my heart would sink and my countenance would fall, you're not allowed to go. I've said these words to my own children and grandchildren from time to time as well. And as a dad or grandfather, it always breaks my heart. But for some reason or another, I was going <coughs> somewhere that they just... They just couldn't go. I would like to have them come, but uh, a lot of times it was immaturity or they just weren't ready for that to be going where we were going or maybe like Beth and I were going on one of our long revival trips and they just couldn't come and be with us. Jesus must have felt a knot in the pit of his stomach as he spoke these words to his disciples. In verse 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you. 
you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Must have heard him to say that because he'd come so close to these guys. But where was he going? What was the place where he was going to end up? Well, of course, it was back to heaven. Luke 24, 51 tells us while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. So he knew that soon he would be crucified, soon he would be buried, then he would be resurrected, then he would go back to heaven, and they weren't going to be able to go with him. He was going back to heaven. He was going back to be with the Father, and they wouldn't be allowed to be there, at least not right now. Revelation 3.21 tells us, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sit down, sat down with my father on his throne. So Jesus was telling him, you can't go. I'm going back to heaven. I'm going back to the father. But the day is going to come that when you conquer all, you will be able to sit with me on my throne. And I think of all the evil that's going on in the world today. And I think that sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? Sounds pretty good, but Christians cannot go with him now. You know, Peter asked for that privilege. He wanted to go right then in verse 37. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And we'll talk about that a little more in another message. But he says, why can't I go now? I want to go. The, the disciples were always asking things that couldn't happen. James and John uh, their mother wanted them to sit the, at the right hand of Jesus when the kingdom came and he couldn't grant that to him. And now Peter's saying, I want to come with you. I'll go as far as you'll allow me to go. But he says, you can't go. We must stay here for the sake of the church and the lost. And all that's happening in the world and all that is happening uh, in our own country, I, I've got to admit, I, I wouldn't mind going with him now. I wouldn't mind being there. And some of you say, isn't that a little scary? No, it's not. Uh, the transition might be a little bit, you know, how that's going to happen. But no, it's not scary at all. Because I know that life here is really just that little dash on our tombstone. But eternity has no beginning, no end. And it's going to be great. I look forward to that day, but we have to stay here for the sake of the church and for the sake of the lost. Philippians 1, 21 and 24 says, for me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. How is it gain? Because we get to go and be with Jesus and our Father in heaven. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell, as if Paul could really do the choosing, but he's just saying, it, you know, I just don't know. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and, to, and be with Christ, for that is far better. To re, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. It's more important that we stay here. You think about this, and, and all of our desire to get out of this terrible world, there are others that when they get out of this world, they... They don't have a paradise to go to because they're not ready. So there is a need for us to be here. There was Paul, you think about all the beatings he went through and all the children being thrown out of the city as dead, stoned, beat up. 
uh, and shipwrecks and everything else. That probably sounded pretty good to him to go be with Jesus. But he said, it's more important that I stay here. And this is important that God is giving us time, church, to share the gospel because there are people who are lost who are not going to go to heaven because they've not heard the message of Christ and we have to take it. There is so much work to do. In John 20, 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. It would be wrong, it would be selfish to prematurely, prematurely leave this world before God's work is done. But when his work is done on earth, then we can go and be with him. John 13, 36. Where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. In all the trouble that we see, all the problems, all the heartache, all the disillusionment that we have now in our world, that's a glorious thought right there. That afterward, we can follow him. What, <coughs> excuse me, what an encouragement to keep on keeping on. What a purpose to live. What a prospect to look forward to. That we keep serving Jesus, and when our time comes, we go to be with him. This is encouraging for us, but I have to say, non-Christians cannot go with Jesus either. And that's a terrible thought. A non-Christian cannot go to the Father, to the Father's house or to heaven. If you're not a Christian, there is no home in heaven for you. Where then must the non-Christian go? There is only one other choice, to hell with the devil and his angels. And I've often said, you've heard me say, as an evangelist, I'm pretty blunt about this. Here's heaven, here's hell, pick one. There is no place in between. There is no second chance. Well, Jesus is going to come back and then there's going to be a second chance for those who did. No, no, that's not what the scriptures say. Matthew 25, 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So eternal fire, hell is prepared for Satan and his angels. It's not prepared for us. So how can God, a loving God, I don't believe a loving God, would send anybody to hell? Well, he doesn't. He didn't prepare hell for you and me. He prepared hell for the devil and his angels. But he's a loving God, loves enough that he gives us a choice. And he gives your neighbors and your friends and your family a choice. The non-Christian will not be allowed to go with Jesus because of unbelief. John 8, 24, I told you, that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And the world is trying to tell us, well, we don't really believe in heaven, but if there is a heaven, everybody's going to go. That's not what Jesus tells us, and we can trust this book as being the only book of truth in the world today. And because of their unchanged nature, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, 
nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I think it's interesting that the church in the world today is trying to make excuses and get certain groups in here into heaven. And the church is saying, well, these folks are going to go anyway. But they're not trying to get swindlers in there. Nobody likes to get swindled. Nobody likes greedy people. But they're trying to get certain groups in. But Jesus says that if we are unrighteous, we cannot go. Does he say that these people who do these things will never go? No. If they believe, if they follow Jesus, then they can go to heaven. But they continue to practice these things, then they cannot go. That's not me. That's not a mean preacher. That is Jesus speaking to us. John 3, 3 and 7, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do not marvel that I said, you must be born again. We have to have a new life. We cannot go to heaven living in the life and in the sin that we are living in because their names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. It's why they're not going to get to go. Revelation 21, 27 says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, speaking of heaven, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. What is detestable and false? Well, we read that over here. A whole lot of things that he lists as detestable and false. And if we do these things, then we cannot get into heaven unless we renounce those, which is repentance, turn away from that lifestyle, and begin following Jesus Christ. And our names are written in the book of life only when we surrender our lives to God through Jesus Christ. If you reject the call of Jesus, you will never be allowed to go where he is, and you'll never see heaven. If we reject that's just the way it's going to be. But if we give our life to him, if we would accept his call and be born again, that is, we believe that he is the son of God, confess that openly before man, and that's not just before a congregation with a preacher telling us what to say, but that's every day. If we repent or turn away from our sinful lifestyle and then are buried with him in the watery grave of baptism, then we will have the promise of life eternal. John 13, 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward if we give our lives to Christ. Don't you think that's worth it? I believe it is. Walter and Ollie. Ollie, I guess that was from... Olivier or something, I don't know, but that's what she was called. Walter and Ollie were an old couple living in Fayetteville, Arkansas in the mid to late 1950s. My grandfather was the minister of Central Christian Church in Fayetteville at that time. That church is gone now. The Fayetteville Hospital has taken over all that property. But one day Ollie came forward during the invitation at church and accepted Christ. She stood in the baptistry, this wonderful old gal, stretched out her hands toward the old fella, and she wept as she said, Walter, we've been together for so many years, through thick and thin, through so many times, good and bad. But where I'm going, you can't go, Walter. She said that from the baptistry. You cannot go, Walter. Do you hear me, Walter? Do you hear me? Then for Christ's sake, for my sake, come here 
where I am, where I am, and go with me into eternity. Now, this was all typed up on a little note in my grandfather's papers. I've just got tons of his papers. Walter and Ollie are long since dead. Grandpa passed away in 1987. But I asked my grandmother before she passed away about this, and she wasn't there on that day. It wasn't that far from where her parents lived in Fort Smith. She may have been down visiting on that day. But she remembered Walter and Ollie, and she remembered the story. So I asked her, how did that story end? Because Grandpa, like many of his stories and many of his notes, he didn't finish it. He wrote it down because he knew the ending. So I asked her, what happened, Grandma? And she remembered them. She remembered the story. The problem is she couldn't remember how Walter responded to his wife. I've always wondered. So I can't tell you what happened to Walter. However, I can tell you what will happen to you if you respond to the plea of Jesus. Then you can come. And that would be a wonderful thing for Jesus to look at you and say, you, you can come. Come in and be blessed. You have a decision to make. You have it every day and you got it again right now to decide, are you going to give your life to Christ? Are you really going to live for him? And Christians, in here today, this sermon is for you to decide how we're going to live every day of our lives. And if you're not a Christian, if you've never accepted Christ, you've never been immersed into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and raised from the water grave baptism to a new life, then this is for you too. Because he lives, you can live too. And he can say to you, you can 